Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with uh, a a newbie, Joseph Devins, to talk about (laughs) the song Austin, uh, otherwise known as uh, Subs. Where I'm from. So here we go. We've got a special song for you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Joseph, what's up? It's a great Stubbs is a great venue. It's outdoor. Well, they have an outdoor and an indoor venue. It's a it's a barbecue restaurant first and foremost. But turns out my wife has been there. She went there for a conference just this spring, but she was feeling under the weather. So when she went, she couldn't fully indulge. But she said what she did eat was delicious. Is it in fact delicious? I've only had the sauce. I've never actually eaten the meat because what? They sell the su- they sell the sauce all around town in different stores. They sell it here too. Oh, they do. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've never had the meat. I imagine it tastes like meat. So, so you've been at the venue, but you haven't eaten at the restaurant. Well, when the venue is open for a show, the restaurant is closed. Okay. And I just never go, you know, downtown to eat barbecue that often. So, but it's a great venue. It's 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 like a medium sized venue, and they got a sort of a half eggshell thing you know covering the stage and uh oh it's good 
the indoor they they also have a smaller a, a smaller indoor uh, venue for like local acts and stuff like that. So is T- Stubbs pretty much their go-to place now? It seems yeah. do they still and, play Stubbs. And then in the nineties, they weren't big enough to play Stubbs, surprisingly. But uh, uh, or or maybe Stubbs wasn't there. I have no long. I have no idea how long Stubbs has been there. But I saw him in uh, time to Google in uh, a place called La Zona Rosa, which is a, a much smaller, more intimate club, and it's indoors. Um, I think it's closed now. Everything, everything. That's the uh, that's the thing about Austin is everything's closed now. It's become like, it's a weird place. All, all the cool places have closed. <laughs> now and in, mm. and in its place is an In and Out Burger, and uh, yeah, we have In and Out Burgers now, which is re- well, really be, strange. Yeah, you, you still should be lucky that you have those because we don't have them this far east. Yeah, it's it's good burgers. I was uh, I was expecting more of like because people said they have a secret menu and and like if you wink your eye and pull your you know pull your ear and stick out your tongue they'll <laughs> I'll put like cream gravy on your on your hamburger. It's amazing. And I was like and I and so I go to the place and I'm like and I wink at the lady and I'm like can I have one of the secret things? She's like uh, yeah all right. And so she brings me out. And it's just like a normal hamburger except with two pieces of cheese instead of one. <laughs> You need to know the names of the things. Oh, right. Man. Animal style. You got to know. Yeah, exactly. Right. You can't just say, I'm here for the secret <laughs> things. You're like, well, what's the password, password. buddy? That's the gate password. What's the. <laughs> what? So I'm, I'm finding out things about Stubbs. So Stubb, his full name, birth name, Christopher B. Stubblefield. Right. Was born in Navasota, Texas. And in the 1930s, the Stubbs family moved to Lubbock, Texas, and that's where he learned to cook, working in local restaurants. Um, he served in the Korean War, mm-hmm. and oh, wow, as staff sergeant in the 96th Field Artillery, the last all-black Army infantry, where he was a gunner and a respected leader. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he oversaw meals for over 10,000 soldiers. And so he opened his first restaurant in Lubbock in 1968. And in the 1970s, Stubbs Restaurant became the heart of an explosive music scene. So they've been doing music. They've been doing it since uh, the 70s. For a while. Right. They've had Muddy, Muddy Waters, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. Dang. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's still wow. I'm glad it's still open because there, there places like Liberty Lunch, those, you know, this this is a this, this was an institution. It's gone now. I, I got I was lucky I I got to go to Liberty Lunch I didn't see the MIP Giants there but it's a it's a, a smaller venue I saw Britt Daniel there that was pretty cool before Spoon was happening oh yeah Britt Daniel oh, wow. did a before Spoon a solo he opened for Harvey Danger it was a really great show oh wow just talking about them with uh, have you been he you've been mixing it up in my Facebook thing right with the 90s alternative yes yeah, I saw you post Plus, the, yeah. where have all the Mary Bakers got is that that's yeah. the album right. Yeah, I wanted yeah. that album. What was that? 98, 97? Ninety-seven, something like I that. Think. I wanted yeah. that album for Christmas, and I asked because uh, I loved the single. It was a great song, and uh, I asked my, you know, my brother. I said, I really want that album for 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 Christmas, and and he comes, and then Christmas comes, and he and he, he gives me, and I unwrap it, and I'm, I'm and the whole time I'm thinking, God, please don't let it be the Now Seven collection with the single on it, and it was, of course. He didn't get me the, oh, he didn't get me the the CD with the, the real record. He got me the Now collection with the flagpole sit on it. <laughs> Wait, were those compilations were going that early? Yeah, they're in the thousands now, I think. <laughs> probably just about man i thought those were a 2000s invention i never 
No, yeah. Was, this was I th- yeah. well, it must have been like now two or now three or something. Right, right. One of the very early nows. Yeah, yeah. Then, because I remember playing off of it in the in the yeah in the early aughts. Let's see when I started writing for Punk News. 2002. First year I did a list was 2004, like a year-end best of that I was asked to do one, and so I made a mix CD for my friends because 2004—that's it was still prime mix CD era—and mm-hmm. I called it. Now that's what Greg calls music because it was still like <laughs> kind of a new the the compilations to me it was so kind of new, so it was still kind of like a funny right. thing to put. And now like they're into yeah, I I, I do think they're on like in the 90s at least if not into yeah. a, a hundred of those and mtv mtv used more to than put one out a year buzz mtv buzzbin was another collection uh sure i have one of those uh yeah that was a good one creep was on there <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to find pictures of the stubs venue all i'm finding is the calendar i like to see the inside of it but um yeah the calendar is pretty much just all the postponed stuff most of it has been taken down i think i mean they still have the one from alabama shakes is playing in september that's still up but the rest of it is pretty much just like ah eh, check back later huh. it's like every other venue yeah well yeah. yeah i've seen that they might be giants there probably like i don't know four times four or five times and uh nice it's a boy it's a great show and it's a great venue because and and, the, and you know they're they're big enough so that they don't really have to have an opening act and they just, or I, I guess I saw them yeah, when they were doing yeah. an evening with, uh, they might be giants where they played a longer set. And they didn't have an opening act. Uh, in 2015, I got to see, uh, they did a flood show from, they, they did it backwards. They started with road movie. And right. They ended with the theme from flood. It's pretty cool. They didn't play Sapphire bullets backwards. That, that was a new thing, but yeah, you know, it's kind of funny how they did, uh, I think that's kind of why when they announced the flood tour that was is supposed to be happening right now, but yeah, like uh, it, it, when they started announcing those shows, right? It was just like a cluster of them on the East Coast. They're like, eh, people might want to see this. I think they kind of figured it wouldn't be as big a deal as it was because they have done flood shows before, but there was just something special about that 30th anniversary. I think that just like people, yeah. Those things were selling out like it crazy. Was the best. You, you saw them do it in yeah. 2015. I know they did the the flood in Australia was 20 recorded in 2015 as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best Let's, concert that, of theirs that I've ever been to. Was that 2015 in Austin show? It was really something. That's the set list back was all the way longer. up to. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it, if it had all of flood included, let's back all the way up to uh, how you got into the band, when and how. The year was 1997, and uh, okay. I was in. Uh, I want to say seventh grade or eighth. I was in eighth grade, and uh, was having a swimming pool party at my house. And all, Ooh, uh, with all, pool at your house. all my friends. Yes, we used it once a year on my birthday, and I had to, <laughs> I had to clean it the entire year. <laughs> uh, my friend, and and it was also a sleepover party, so we had all my friends <laughs> nice. sleeping over at the house, and then they That's left, and I was sad. But uh, uh, one of them left their. Uh, this is when people had CD booklets. Where, oh yeah, like a photo album, but with CDs in it. And, Kids, and, uh, that was this is when music was was real, and you had to actually want it enough to buy it. Right, and uh, so I was I was looking through uh, my friend Walsh's uh, CD booklet, and I didn't recognize anything. 
uh, I wasn't that educated in music then, and but I I saw and I I was oh, I wanted to you know listen to something maybe learn learn something, and so I saw and the one I picked I I saw a CD and it had a big green like symbol on it, and I mm-hmm. I thought it looked like a fireman's helmet or something, and it was Flood, and I I had never heard of They Might Be Giants or or, or Flood, and it, I guess it, it had come out seven years before that, and. Uh, I put it on. I had the little discman in my headphones, and I sat on my bed and I turned it on, and uh, and the theme from Flash. Like, wow, this is this is this is cool. I like this. All right, all right. It's a brand new album. All right, show me what you got. <laughs> yeah. And then they it did. Tells you right up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Birdhouse came on, and uh, I just was like, I was paralyzed. I, I swear to God, I did. I couldn't move or breathe or anything. I just was listening to it, and I couldn't keep up with it. I could barely. And then at the end of it. And then I caught my breath, and I turned off the CD player because I simply couldn't. I was like, "No, there's no more songs right now." And then I and then I and then I listened to it again like twelve twelve more times, just tr- yeah. trying to wrap my brain around the melody <laughs> and the and it, it it has such a bigness to it, and it's just so beautiful. And I and I and I and then I turned it off, and I had to like I had to like I had a cigarette, and I went to bed, and then uh, I, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even uh, listen to the rest of the album. <laughs> Because I w- I just wanted to have that in my head for cigarette for forever, and then you know the next day I listened to the rest of the album. It was it was, inc- okay, it was so incredible. What were you into at the time? So your your friend was like the cool music friend. Yeah, that I guess knew so. all these weird bands. What were you listening to? Well, I had a <laughs> I had two CDs. I think one was an MTV Buzz Bin uh, with Creep on it, and uh, read the Radiohead hit. And uh, right, and the other right. one was a weird. It was Weird Al, uh, uh, the I guess the one from '96, Bad Hair Day. And I was in the good good album. I, yeah. I was mm-hmm. in the process of Gangsters uh, Paradise, uh, Amish Paradise, yes, Gangsters Paradise. That's a great song. I was in the process of uh, getting into Weird Al, right when and then and then and then they might be giants sort of took their took his place, and it was an easy transfer because of the accordion, but. but that's what I was mm-hmm. listening to. Was <laughs> it's a it's a common transition. I mean, yeah, my first cassettes that I had in the late late eighties, early nineties were uh, Weird Al and some other random things like MC Hammer. Yeah, you know, cool kid stuff. MC Hammer lacking in accordions, so obviously I had to throw that aside. But can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if Hammer had an accordion? <laughs> Man, but. <laughs> Please squeeze them. Don't hurt him. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm on uh, these United Shapes. The United Shapes Bandcamp. Oh yeah, that's mine. Uh, that's I'm just looking at the covers you got on this. Uh, bes- besides the B sides. Yes. And uh, I'm seeing some good stuff, but no MC Hammer. Well, I'm seeing. <laughs> I'm seeing some Bowie. I'm seeing some Beck. I'm not seeing any MC Hammer. <laughs> Couple of them up giants. Drew wanted no to do. Hammer. Drew wanted to do a hammer song, and I was like, I just, I just. Are you for real? No, and I'm not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe we should though, and we could dedicate it to you. We could put your name in it. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. Like there was a while there, I was actually just reading an article on Stereo Gum this last week about this little craze that went on for a minute with all these like dorky white boy bands covering like like early 90s gangster rap songs <laughs> not like mc hammer right. but you know the serious like the hard shit the NWA, stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. but like to do it would have it would almost be funnier if they did one of the dorky rap songs 
like Hammer or anything before that, any of the 80s stuff, Curtis Blow, who they might be giants, that's the first time I've heard his name, yeah. but that is some dorky rap, but that's because that was when rap was party music. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, dude, uh, his song Basketball, that one's pretty good. I actually, it's about I haven't heard liking any basketball and playing basketball. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, the Breaks is uh, probably his most famous song. Well, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it oh, up, break I it up, like, break down. I did like uh, Humpty. I thought Humpty, the, the Humpty dance was cool. I liked that. Uh, what was that? Digital uh, Underground? Yeah, 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 that's Digital Underground. I was going to say, I'm like, that is not uh, Curtis Blow, but it's, it's still pretty, it's pretty dorky. Yeah, that's I a mean, good it's song. like sexual, but like in the most <laughs> dorky way. What was yeah. that guy? What was that guy? He had like a prosthetic nose and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a great image. I, not the prosthetic forehead, but right, close. Exactly. So then, so 97, so then did you immediately go and buy all the other stuff or was it yes. a slow build? Yes, I did. I, I, yeah, I, I finished flood and then I, and you know, we, um, I was buying CDs at like best buy. They were, yeah. they had CDs at best buy when I was a kid. They're cheap. And They're cheap, uh, yeah. so I would go to best buy or I would go to like, uh, every time we would go to a Walmart or a best buy, I didn't, the record store was downtown and I didn't really know all about record stores anyhow. So and and so every and I was be and I would get so surprised when somebody had a they might be giant CD, and so I just buying them up and listening to them. I think the second one I got was uh, severe tire damage. I didn't know it was a live album, uh, but it would have been the newest one. Yeah. So maybe the store would have had more copies of it. it I guess that's why. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. I really like, and then yeah, Birdhouse is. On, I mean, not Birdhouse. Uh, Doctor Worm is on there, which is just another blow, blow, blow you away song. Yeah, can't. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. I mean, I do kind of wonder about the the inclusion there. I've wondered that because, I mean, it kind of confused me at the time too. Like, oh, it's a live album plus like a couple plus, right. of studio ones. Yeah, like and and Doctor Worm just seems. It's it's almost against all odds that it became such a huge hit for them, because it was just. Tacked it on, was just an extra you know? yeah it was like buy the album there's a new song plus it's live uh yeah i mean they it made a music video for it, that it, that, it that should have been on a i'm surprised it wasn't on like a a studio album because it should i mean it, it it has that presence to it that weight yeah you know it's funny because uh they it's it's not like they hadn't doubled stuff up before i mean you'd have you know, they used to release a lot of singles. I mean, mm, that was kind yeah. of what you did back in the eighty, early eight, or late eighties and early nineties for them. You know, all the little EPs that were based around something that was off a record. So, I mean, it would have been un, wouldn't have been unprecedented for them to be like, "Oh, here's Doctor Worm again," mm, just yeah. in case you missed it. You exactly. Know, but I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I, I had, all, I had been, uh, I, I was trying to find out what what record uh, Lady Madonna was on, and I couldn't find it. And then it's on. It turns out it's on like a, a B side to to one of their other songs that came out on a single. I didn't. I thought it was. I thought it was a single, but it. I think it, was, it turned out it was just released on a B side. Yeah. I know, it's so crazy. Like I, I popped. You know, because we're here to talk about a venue song, and I just pr- recently got my hands on a physical, uh, the DVD CD uh, release of it. Um, and there's so many of those songs where it's like, you know, it's it's not considered a album album. Right. Even though it is like two albums worth of songs. 
Um, They're and all... then the DVD, yeah. Right. And and I was just watching it and cracking up at the John Hodgman stuff. And like some of those songs, I think there were even a couple where I'm like, wait, did I hear this? It might have been like one of these short songs. I'm, I'm trying to think of one in particular where maybe I let it spin through, you know, yeah. digitally at some Vancouver, point. And Vancouver like I went was to use that, was that way for me. Yeah. I was right, or like I went to the bathroom and I came back and I missed a couple of them. I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't remember this one. Or like, oh, I have right. heard this tonight. For years. I said, or it's a weird album. Yesterday, actually, I said I I better listen to venue songs because I never actually listened to it. And then uh, oh, for real. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I'm listening to it and. Uh, and it's like, and then I'm I'm standing there. It's like a slap in the face, and I and I'm and I and I'm like, I know this. How do I know this song? And then and then he says, "Good night, Mrs. Hitler." And I said, "Oh my God!" I like there were years of my life where I went around saying "Good night, Mrs. Hitler" to everyone that I saw, like in place of "Hello and goodbye" and "Thank you," and I had no idea where I'd gotten it from. And then and then I heard it yesterday. <laughs> on one of the venue songs and I was like, I did hear this. I must have heard this entire album many, many times. I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's on um wait. Anaheim. 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 The 30s, like the Tin Pan Alley one. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Mrs. Hitler. Good night, Mrs. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Such a random thing. These songs are so random. The thing that cracked me up the most is um so both both my parents grew up in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and um and I love Pittsburgh. It's just such a real kind of city for just like you know the the Rust Belt something something about that. And being a Midwesterner, like I like the you know the sprawl of the Midwest, and yeah. and I love all the Rust Belt towns, like just the you know the real people, uh, small town, uh, yeah, you know getting stuff done in this country. And yeah, I mean Pittsburgh is a is a city that can support you know many professional sports teams, but it feels not like. I mean, even Chicago, where I grew up, like a very unmanageable city. Pittsburgh is a lot more manageable, mm. and it's very interesting with all the rivers. You're always crossing a bridge or going through a mountain. <laughs> and the John Hodgman, have you heard all these John Hodgman? Is it the uh, deranged the, millionaire? The deranged millionaire. I heard, yeah, I, but he, I heard it back in the day. Yeah, he introduces like everyone on the DVD. And the Pittsburgh one uh, was like, uh, Pittsburgh, known for its natural steel hot springs <laughs> that flow down into the, uh, the their burning streets or something like that. And I was like, I got to send this to my dad. My mom and dad would think this is hilarious. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's... He's funny. The whole thing is pretty great. Like he, yeah, he's, he's, he's someone I'm um, shooting for for a podcast Oh, guest. that would be a great guest. I keep yeah. Instagram or... Uh, so, uh, Instagram see, keeps sending me notifications that John Hodgman is going live, and I oh, and yeah. I don't know why because I guess it, <laughs> everyone's doing it now because I don't know thing. why I'm getting the the notification though because I don't get notifications for other things. That's the only one. It seems like with Instagram, yeah, that um, I'm getting some random ones too. Some from friends and some from more famous people i follow but it just seems like they're trying to push that as a feature mm. like i've gone live on there maybe twice to through the podcast instagram um and i'm like well, i don't know let me just try it see if people actually tune in and i think it pretty much like they're trying to push that as a feature of the app and so they're telling people hey this person's doing mm. it maybe you should do it oh, yeah, okay. i don't know so well, it was, I guess uh, that's it was it. an interesting show he talked about people's pets <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> people called in and had like a, a conference call with with 
with Hodgman about their pets. It was really something. Nice. Yeah, so I, I think I need to try a more official, like I'm, you know, he's got an agent or whatever. All I had done thus far is found him on Facebook and sent him a message, which probably just went to his other folder. Yeah. And he never even saw it, or he could have ignored it. I don't know. Um, so I should try to find out who he's represented by and actually yeah. go that route. I'd like um, to listen to that show. That sounds like a good show. The dude is hilarious. He's hysterical. And he's got really good taste. He also has done stuff for the Mountain Goats. Um, mm-hmm. One of their albums I reviewed, you know, I always get, you get like the one sheet for the press um, with all the pertinent information and a little bit about the album. And for this Mountain Goats album, Transcendental Youth, from oh, yeah. 2014, yeah. I want to say, uh, the press release was written by him. Just because oh. John Darnell was probably like, hey, let's let's put a little humor into this release. And uh, it was one of the more entertaining uh, press sheets I'd ever gotten <laughs> in something I reviewed. <laughs> Dude, the dude's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. And, and a lovable PC, those Mac and PC ads. Those, um, even though I was yeah. an Apple guy, I was kind of like rooting for the PC in those commercials. So I'm like, just a lawn just comes off like a tool. I, I like John Hodgman. <laughs> how can and, and how can and how did they approach Hodgman to like we need somebody to play a boring dork PC guy <laughs> and we think you're perfect. <laughs> well, I don't know. He kind of been cultivating like like obviously like I said he's got really really good musical taste and all this, but he kind of plays a little bit of like a vanilla kind of character yeah, a lot of the yeah. times. And he did that on the Daily Show. Yeah. Too when he was on the Daily Show, he was like the very kind of straightforward guy. Like what was so hilarious about him is that his jokes were very kind of like a dry, almost like a British style of humor. He was definitely very dry. I liked the, yeah, the Judge yeah, John great. Hodgman uh, he thing he was doing, where people would uh, write in and he would decide things for them. <laughs> Speaking of Judge John Hodgman, didn't he? Did he judge one of their fan videos? Yes, he did. He did two of them, I think. Which. I always misspell his name. Does it have the E in it or not? Um, no. Oh, wait. No. There it is. Did he do two or just one? And then... Oh, Man, he's all over the wiki. Open Mike uh, Eagle did the most recent one, the one that I did not um, have my video finished in time. Like Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He talked a little bit about doing this those music video things. That sounds like a fun thing to do. Cause you are a, a you're trained in the visual arts, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. You're uh, a painter, a painter. Well, what's I, your or what's your medium? Uh, well, I, I do cartoons mostly. Uh, I don't nice. paint. I I took painting in okay. college because I didn't really know what to take in college, and uh, I took art in high school. So I was just like, yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll do painting. And, and my mom was like, no, you should do advertising. You'd be good at advertising. And I was like, go to hell. I'm doing painting. <laughs> Which was this, <laughs> the stupidest thing I could have done because it was the most just useless thing that I, to, to do. And, I, and I, did, I didn't even paint. When I was in college, I had no ideas of what to paint. But I did work at the newspaper, and I had a, I was the comics editor. And I, I, nice. I had a, uh, a comic strip in the, in the paper, which was a lot of fun. I spent my entire college career – at the newspaper i didn't go to class i just did the comic strip and the newspaper and and that's why i have a 2.1 <laughs> gpa <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you've got a uh, whale on the web yes whale on the web uh, took the comic strip and took the comic strip from the paper and and my friend lalana built me this really cool website and uh, it looks great you got all videos and stuff on there and 
we're in the process of uh, editing the the website to get all the stuff that I'm embarrassed about or don't want on there anymore deleted forever. <laughs> So yeah, like how far back does this go? Then you're saying there's stuff that's like oh, it goes all the way back. Wasn't to, fully formed. It goes or? all the way back to like season one starts in 2002. That's when I started working at the paper, daily. Oh wow, daily text. Okay, so I've been doing it since 2002, and wow, it's uh, a long time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like the. Uh, yeah, your style is great. It's not. I don't know. For some reason, it makes me think of early Matt Groening, like the life is hell kind of stuff in a way, but not not exactly. But something about the probably. Um, I think you know more like the attitude of it, maybe. Than, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thanks. I think it's because like the duck kind of has that overbite that that some of those characters, <laughs> yeah. all of those characters. It kind of looks like John Linnell, honestly. I based <laughs> I based the there's a platypus character, and I based his hair on. Oh, that must be who I'm looking at. On okay. Uh, he has a full head of hair because he's a platypus, and I based his hair on Linnell's hair when I was in college. I was like, who's... Okay, it's the platypus I'm looking at. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does look like his hair. Uh, the duck's just got a couple little uh, just a, Homer, the, the, Homer Simpson the style. The classic cartoon, two hairs sticking out. <laughs> yeah, the two hairs. Yep. And so then I started to, I started to make videos, um, uh, behind-the-scenes videos, like... Uh, I put a camera over my light table and, and record myself drawing. And, nice. and, and then, you know, I thought, you know, that's, that's probably pretty boring. I, I should probably put something in the middle that's inter actually, you know, actually entertaining. So then I, I do these uh, little comedy sketches that's sort of shitty animation, cut and paste animation, stuff like that. Nice. I would love to check those out. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so whale. So the, the cartoon is just called Whale, but I imagine if you tried to get whale.com, that's already taken. <laughs> By a whale. It's uh, it, it costs <laughs> the it, the cost was upwards of like ten thousand dollars to get the whale dot com. Somebody who had it. It was just it's not a real website. Somebody you know people used uh, to just buy URLs to sell later yeah. on. I bet they still do. So it's uh, somebody owns it, but it's they want a lot of money for it. <laughs> I'm going to whale dot com right now. Uh, maybe people don't do that as much as they used to, because I feel like it used to only seem like you had a legitimate website if it was a .com. Now you can have .dot whatever. Yeah. There's so many other things, and, but I think like before, like they actually did mean well .gov. That has to be you know those are government obviously, but then like they were like I mean it was just like .com .gov and .biz right at first uh, if I remember correctly. .net I think too. Oh yeah yeah .net of course uh, and .org so. But now there's like all these other ones, and I, uh, so nothing came up on yeah. uh, whale.com at all. It said the site can't be reached. Right. So clearly they missed out, and they should have lowered it to a much more reasonable price, like one dollar. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So whale whaleontheweb.com. That was our solution. Um, yeah. Whale on the web. Sure. Yeah. But again, outdoor velour, outdoorvelour.com. We got all the URLs that we wanted. That's great. Pretty, pretty amazing, but. Um, yeah, it's like naming a band um, the anything right. these days is pretty much guaranteed failure for there's already a band called that or you're not going to get any of the oh uh, uh, you know sites uh, you'd want. The other band that you guys reminded me of was um, Polyphonic Spree. I was hearing a oh yeah I was hearing some Polyphonic Spree like again because of the mass mass of of things the, and, yeah the collection of instruments and and the the, the energy I liked it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of are like an indie pop band in our songwriting, and then the production is more of like the, the blown-out wall of sound stuff. 
Um, but yeah, very. I, I like a lot of twee music as well. Like I said, Bell and Sebastian, Vaseline, stuff like that. Uh. Those are probably the two bands we've been compared to the most, especially when we were just a duo. People were like, uh, oh, th- do you like the Vaselines? Like, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were even getting like the Pixies on occasion. Huh. And I don't know if it's because we have a female bass player who sings half the songs. Maybe some of but, your. I mean, I'll take that. Sim, maybe some of your, uh, you know, your chord, your chord progressions. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say where everything comes from exactly. Like, I have intentional inspirations I'm pulling from, but then really, like, they might be giants. I wouldn't say are an intentional inspiration, like on paper, but it's just like in my DNA. A spiritual, at this point. Uh, uh, right. 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 Yeah. I mean, most of my favorite bands, like, we don't sound anything like the Mountain Goats either. We've done a Mountain Goats cover. His show we was funny. Just... I really enjoyed his show because he's so, like, everything he says is, it's he sounds very educated and. Oh, he is. And, John Darnell. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just a joy to listen to. <laughs> well, if you want to listen to him talk a lot more, there's an f- official Mountain Goats uh, podcast. He's not He's not actually the host. Well, he's kind of like the co-host, I guess. It's called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. Uh-huh. And he's on it. Uh, and it's a, it is basically song by song. And they've done two seasons, about two different albums. If you haven't listened to the Mountain Goats, I would highly recommend them. I, I mean, I put some songs at the end of that yeah, episode. Yeah. Did, you, did you like those? Yeah, they were good. I liked the, the, the In League with Dragons one the most. Mm-hmm. The later one. Yeah. 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 The, speaking of reverb, yeah, like that's the most kind of bombastic. Uh, I mean, he's had some bombastic arrangements in the, in the past 15 years or so, but that one, as far as like production flourishes, yeah. probably is the biggest one. But yeah, let's get back to They Might Be Giants. Let's get back though, to, and, yeah, and let's get back, let's to, get back to Austin. The venue songs. Yeah. Down, down south. Well, you're not going down south. You're already there. Yeah. I'm going down south. I've never been to Austin. I've played a gig in the Dallas area. It was actually Fort Worth, uh, actually. Dallas is a weird. And I've been Dallas to Houston. Weird. I, I've, been- I've also played a gig in El Paso, but I've never played in Austin. <laughs> That's cool. You should come to Austin. It's a lot of fun. Dallas, though, is, is, is really weird. I've only been there twice, and nobody, like, it's deserted. It's a ghost town. Nobody goes outside. Really? Down- yeah, I went downtown. It was like an Old West, you know, gunslinger town. There was nobody there. No horses, no cars, no people. It was it was frightening. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with Dallas. <laughs> I don't know if anyone lives there. It was weird. <laughs> huh. But, yeah, uh, huh. Austin. That's odd. Uh, th- I was listening to this venue, this venue songs, and it surprised me how much uh, – they were doing like the pastiche thing that Weird Al does, where he was making they were yeah. they were making songs that sounded like other bands. They had a car. They had one that sounded like the Cars. They had a Who song. They sound like all kinds of people. Yes. Yeah. The Cars one was that. Um, that was Richard on Richards, right? Uh, what? Yeah, I think was so. that I, I don't know. No, I can't remember which one it was. I just wrote down Cars. <laughs> Yeah, because it starts out with like the 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 Yeah, she's the kind of girl. And then yeah, they had a stone. They had a Rolling Stones one, which was hilarious to hear Linnell's uh, impression of uh, Mick. I mean, if you're gonna write a song every day on a tour, you gotta. I there mean, there was wiggle room. There was room to be silly on this. I think they allowed themselves room to be pretty silly, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the crowd loves that kind of stuff, especially when uh, when. Yeah, you're playing to the crowd. You're already like, I mean, it, it's you know, as far as writing a song every day is not easy for anyone, probably except them. Right. But like writing a song every day, 
still has got to be tough, especially when you're busy, like, you know, you got to go do a sound check and play an actual show, and then you're in the bus, and it's like, you know, you're writing a song on the bus, or maybe they wrote a bunch ahead of time. They wrote, um, and they wrote these? They made in, it seem like... In process? During the in during the tour, well, they wrote these? that's what the story is. Yeah. So, looking at, um, I mean, at least according to the wiki here, let me bring this back up. So... Yeah, so um, during the 2004 Spine on the Highway Tour, TMBG started the practice of writing a song specifically for each venue they performed in. Uh, so I guess it's as they were doing it, but so, but like, when would they have written these? Because you had the Spine, right. you had Indestructible Object, the Spine, the Spine Surfs Alone. Uh, they were also they had also recorded here come the ABCs during the same sessions yeah. as the Spine. I think they've proven um, to and everyone. Then this is crammed right in yeah, there. They, like they've, they've they've made it known that they can just write songs like at a, at the drop of anything. Uh, this is just what they do. Right. So like it makes sense that, you know, if we're actually getting into the song, the sub song, Austin song, that they would make it a little bluesy. Right. Because, I mean, it's this you know, song, Austin rock and roll yeah, town. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. This song, when when I uh, when I heard it, I, I was thinking it, it it reminded me of like a Credence song. But OK, but uh, but the bass line, I couldn't quite play. I, I thought maybe just like sort of a, a pastiche of like a, a roadhouse sort of blues song. That you would hear in Texas. It's a great one, and they exactly that that electric blues. um, Yeah, you know BB King style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, because it gets it's just like all full of those pentatonic scales, those classic blues scales. Yeah. Because like I was looking at the chord progression, and it's like just playing A, and I'm like, well, yeah, the A is the underlying chord, but like the guys are all doing that little. I mean, it's not exactly shredding. It's just those little blues noodles, yeah. uh, repetitive blues noodles, which is you know, <laughs> kind of what, what you do. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of the thing is that you get into this little groove, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not a dig at the blues. I'm just saying like that's kind of like the go-to. Yeah. And they weren't they weren't like, they my pajamas weren't reinventing the wheel here. They're like, here's here's a little bluesy lick. Play that a bunch. Well, that's always uh, been... Say some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been my number one complaint about the blues is that it's all the same chord progression, so it gets kind of boring for me. I'm not super into improvisation and you know virtuoso guitar playing, so that that ta- sure. w- w- if you take that out of the blues, you know, you're just left with that chord progression. And once I he- yeah, once I've heard yeah. it, I, you know, I've heard it. So I I mainly like the blues. Like I teach a lot about uh, the early blues uh, to my kids during a uh, Black History Month unit. I do mm-hmm. uh, to my older uh, with my older grades. And I really like the, I mean, talking about like early blues coming out of uh, like slave work songs and spirituals and um, getting into where the blues and jazz were kind of like one thing. You had country blues, which was like a guy with his guitar. And then you had city blues, which was horns and all this stuff, which eventually became more known. Like a lot of those, which were originally called city jazz, um, became jazz or city blues became jazz standards uh and Mm. i like that era because you had a lot more like the country blues is kind of what became known as the blues and that it was like like all the that kind of thing right but done by a guy who you know inevitably was poor and downtrodden and 
horrible things have been happening to them because of their you know their lot in life. Oh no doubt, there's, there's um, it's the most. I mean, it's, there was heart to it. There's there's the there it's you, it's the most emotion that you can put into any genre. But then you know then you know the electric guitar took blues to a new place and it was it was in good hands for a while but then you know just like anything else white people ruined it and (laughs) not that there aren't good white you know blues guitarists but yeah it just got all shreddy and the soul was not in it anymore not that there aren't any white people who deserve to sing the blues but it just like it got very vanilla i don't care you're right i i don't want to you know talk bad about eric clapton but i i don't really have anything but I will. I don't really have anything <laughs> nice to say about Eric Clapton other than... Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guitarist. The end. You he know, knows whatever. that, yeah. Good, he knows that not a, my style. Right. That's it. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But this... Shredders, yeah. I don't, yeah. And this song is... Uh, well, it's simply hilarious because... And on the on the, <laughs> on the the recording, I love the... Uh, and maybe they did write this like right before they came on because they sing different <laughs> things. Uh, the 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 ah like it goes stubs. Lanelle is saying ooh, and Flansburg is saying ah. Yeah, I noticed and, that. And, and you can <laughs> they weren't even on the same page about that. <laughs> and then like halfway through the song, they both uh, they both say ooh, like Flans realizes yeah. or one of them realizes they're doing it wrong, and so they say ooh. And then at the end of the song, it's back to one is doing ooh and the other one's doing ah. Oh, I didn't notice that it went back. <laughs> That's great. Oh. Is it ooh or ah? I can't remember. Right. <laughs> and they're both up there about to say it. And they're like, wait, I thought you... And then they switch. And then but, the other one switches at the same time. <laughs> you said we were doing... And there's no time to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the lyrics in this song. I mean, if you counted up the words, there's probably 15 words in this song. Yeah. Tops. So Most the of the words of are stubs. Mind. Yeah, yeah. Driving a wedge in my Driving mind. Driving a wedge through my skull. Cutting off my skull is the line. Like cutting off my skull is a hilarious line. Cutting off my skull. And it reminds it reminds me of. Are are you an Adult Swim fan? Oh yes. Space Ghost. Okay, so so uh, no, Sea Lab is what I was thinking of because I always go to Sea Lab. That was my favorite. My band Doppelpopolis is named after a Sea Lab Uh quote. But cutting (laughs) off his skull reminds me of something that there's a line. um, Who says it? Oh, I can't remember. It's like. We'll find him and cut his body off. Oh. Which is, is like, instead of cutting your head off, the body is the part that's coming right. off. That's- cutting off my skull, for some reason, that makes me think of that rather than cutting your head off, like just the skull. Right. Like, what happened to the rest of the face and everything? Yeah. <laughs> What's, where's the rest of it? And maybe he's already a skeleton. This song, the and lyrics. That's getting decapitated. This, this song, the lyrics have such like a, a freshness, like that they you could tell they weren't revised. And they didn't go through several edits. They were just like, cutting off my skull. That's it. Well, this is one that's only done live. It wasn't re-recorded, mm-hmm. right? Because they went ahead and re-recorded some of them. Like the ones that went on yeah. the DVD and had videos made were re-recorded. This one this was one, not. Just live. I, was all, I was very disappointed they did not record this live and do a video. But that's just because I'm from Austin. <laughs> But I think they probably were like, yeah, there's not as much to this one yeah. as some of the other it's ones. It's mostly, like you said, uh, introducing the band. and uh, But, oh, the Danny's, dr- I mean, Marty's drumming on this song. It's just fantastic. It was, oh, it was yeah. Marty, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, what a great, uh, yeah. that fill right in the beginning when it goes into the song is really exciting. I think it's some yeah. of his best drumming that, you know, that, that I 
I've seen him do live. Yeah, again, it's kind of that, like fast electric blues kind of thing. Like it gives the players a lot of opportunity to uh, show off. Um, and when they might be giants, do it and keep it silly and concise. I can handle it. But when you know, like you'll have great drummers. Like I'm not even that big of a Led Zeppelin fan, and like I'm always more of Keith Moon guy than John Bonham. Yeah. Uh, just because the Who are a little less bluesy and more just like power not exactly power pop but more about the vocals and so like Chon bottom can go off and do like a huge solo uh you know under some bluesy progression and you know, like snooze but like <laughs> marty gets in there they get in they get out you know right. each of them gets to like show off a little bit the vocals are fun uh the lyrics are silly they're, and then they're that's a it. tight yeah they can they're do tight it. yeah they don't they don't there's not a, there's no fat on the performance it's all it's just what you need and then it's done <laughs> Yeah, and, and and it's feeding to the crowd. I mean, you're saying the name of the venue oh, repeatedly, yeah. like more than almost any of the other <laughs> venue songs. Right, just right. like it's every other word, right? Uh, and and then introducing Woo! the band, like yeah, like like it does make me think like they wrote it in the bus on the way, where they're like, okay, I got these two parts. What about the rest? Well, I'll just introduce the band. What are we gonna do with these bones? Yeah, but they're like, let's fill it out by introducing the band. And, yes. and Flansburg's banter, as always, is hilarious. Yeah. Straight from New York and back from his vacation from New York. Right, right. Flansburg, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a kook. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and on the super bass, right? What does that mean? <laughs> anyone, the super bass because he plays bass more super. I don't know. It was he plays a super bass. <laughs> it's a, it was that, bigger. That's the funniest band of those. The stuff that doesn't make sense. Right. That's that's what they're known Ladies for. Ladies and people, like, cutting off my skull. Yeah, yeah. So, did you see the that there are interpretations on this wiki page? I didn't see. Are you what? I didn't see any interpretations on the wiki. Are you there? Are, they're there? Yep. Let me see. Stubbs. Yep. Uh-huh. Austin. If you search Austin, there are interpretations. Oh. So 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 the first two are are basically like just yo, know, teehee, they liked the bar stubs. Uh, but then the third one, it says, um Team and G have played Stubbs on multiple occasions, commenting each time on the lure of free Texas barbecue. My guess is that in the lyrics, Linnell's referring to the bone disposal problem we all have with ribs. Right, right, right. That's obvious. And that and that Dan Miller was actually given credit for writing a song during the show, writing the song during the show. So, huh. uh, does that mean he came up with that bluesy riff? Because that seems like uh, you know a Miller as a kind of you know he can be a shredder when he wants to be. Oh, yeah. I bet he's well skilled at the blues style. I wonder if he wrote this riff because there is no credits uh, pretty much anywhere, even in the DVD yeah. booklet and stuff. It doesn't list. Uh, I would believe like it. the wiki. Yeah, that, that Miller came yeah, with the riff, sure. and then they, you know, I can imagine him out an acoustic guitar on the bus, on the way, yeah. like, shit, we don't have a song for Stubbs yet. They were, they were playing fast and loose, I think, and they were just like, who's got an idea? And then, you know, Linnell came up with, and the my favorite part about this song is that uh, when I saw them in 2008, they did not sing those lyrics. Linnell had different lyrics. Okay, the so they played it again, and they counted as playing the song, but the lyrics were all different. Yeah, well, the Stubbs part, he said Stubbs. Woo, that was that was still the same, but the uh-huh. driving a wedge through my mind that was different. And what he said was uh, Stubbs, woo, barbecue sauce on my digits, Stubbs. <laughs> woo. 
<laughs> Barbecue sauce is delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Which is perfect. Because he's saying he want, he's got barbecue sauce on his fingers, but it's Linnell, so he says digits. And then he's, and yeah, he's yeah. got to find a rhyme. He could have just said delicious. That rhyme is pretty, <laughs> I mean, that's a near rhyme for digits anyway, but he goes for the yeah, full on, vowel. The full, the full <laughs> verbatim rhyme, delicious. Delicious. Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. So yeah, so they debuted on uh, July sixteenth, two thousand four, on the venue songs. That was when they were doing um, all of the venue songs, and then so yeah, then they came back. I wonder if that was was that the very next time they came back to I Austin think that, was two thousand eight. I either March I, 5th. I I either I missed them once in Austin. I usually see them all the time in Austin, but I I know that I saw them in in March of two thousand eight. I think it was March eighth. And um, okay. they, had ju- I'm they, had, I'm they had just released uh, the spine, I guess. Right? No, wait, not in two. Yeah, in two thousand eight, the else, uh, the else, right? The else. They've played Austin twenty two times between nineteen eighty eight and uh, twenty twenty. Um, Does it say? Well, there's well, they're supposed to play it in October. Uh, wait a second, October. Uh, yeah, they're they're supposed to play it in October, um, but we got. They used to play a place called Liberty Lunch. Yeah, that's the one I was talking and, about. Liberty Lunch. That's a okay. That's a smaller venue in Austin. It was downtown. They shut it. They, I mean, they shut it down. They closed it. Right, it was right across the street from Katz's, uh, this uh, uh, deli, and um, it was open twenty four hours. And the and the and the slogan for Katz's was Katz's never closes, and then they closed it and they for per- oh. permanently. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost like a they might be giant style motto yes. <laughs> but yeah they they did not play austin between those two so that was yeah they they debuted it and then they played it when they returned they four years again. later in 2008 for you just, just for, for you me. i was the only one there <laughs> <laughs> you know coronavirus wait no that's much later that's next uh, that's, that's what, in october yeah that, <laughs> that's what justin mcelroy said he's like I'm like, yeah, too bad I can't go to that show. He's like, no, you should still go. I'm like, yeah, I'd be the only one there. I'd be like, yeah, just for you. It'd be safe. Yeah. <laughs> go to Chicago. Go to the show. Bring a, bring a, just got to convince they might be giants to still go. <laughs> bring a patio chair. Uh, oh, man. They did an Apollo 18 themed show there in 2018. I missed that. I missed that one. I was working on the. <laughs> I was working on that, that video that I made for I Like Fun. You, you were you were stuck at home. I was at home working, yeah. Doing a music video. I had to miss their show because I was trying to get a music video done for them. Right. Um, so, wait, have you had a music video picked by them? Have, have, or... Oh, no, no. I didn't finish in time because no? it was, you know, I was doing full... Am- oh, so you'd only attempted that that one. The, I didn't know if you'd done multiple. The I Like Fun one was animated, full animation, and so I, it took me like Ooh. a year to... F- it, it took a long time, and I was like, yeah, I can do this in three months. A year and a half later, I can't do this in three months, and I got, I got to finish this sometime soon. Oh, bummer, bummer. Yeah, I actually talked to uh, an animator that has done two of their videos. Uh, it has not aired yet, but Victor Fitzsimmons. Oh, you know, uh, uh, the- Episode 92 is going to be him for It Said Something. Oh, that's a good song. And he had to do that in 16 days. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. And he talks all about it on there, but but about how towards the end he's like, I had to start recycling stuff because it was just like they needed it like the next day, <laughs> and he's like, it was insane. He's he like, was uh, and, and right using the same backgrounds, going going uh, back and forth. Yeah, like, like in well, Scooby Doo. Like, 
Well, he said like it, it was pretty uh, – he said something like – I mean this was 11 episodes ago I talked to him. He said um, something like, well, it's a good thing Flans wanted it to be kind of like kaleidoscopic at the end right? because that was a lot easier to cheat on. <laughs> <laughs> Just have like mirror the image right? stuff, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Flan- yeah, so they great. had some requests for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he did the um, – did he do the erase video? Hold on a second. He did one of their other ones that he won. He was one of the people picked. Um, and then, so then they hired him to do oh. another one on the same. Was it a race? Why do I not remember this? Um, no. Wait a second. Okay. Maybe I look a race at, is uh, the one with uh, the. Fitzsimmons. Does that have like the bird, the cutout well, bird? Well, some of these they cut more than. Some of these they did more than one. You know, like they're like these three are the three official ones. Mm. Let's see, it said something. Blah 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 blah. There were three runners up, I think, and one of one they picked to be the official one. Yeah, but he did. He did have one that was on their Particle Men, like they put it onto their YouTube. Um, oh, it might not have been the one or whatever, but then, so they hired him to do, it said something and they're like, yeah, we need it in about two weeks. And he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> two weeks. Wow. <laughs> well, they it's were a, putting out a, a video every Wednesday. Yeah. It's a good video. They it's should, a good video yeah. though. It, it is. Two weeks. I like now lot. I like it even more knowing that it was done in two weeks. Oof. You know, what you get on the show is, uh, uh, David Cowles. Is that how you pronounce his name? The, the, uh, the artist that does, uh, yeah. He's a great uh, caricature artist, and I think he he did, helped out on uh, the Istanbul video, and he did the uh, a number of videos for him actually. Yeah, how do you spell his name? I think it's C W L E S. He's a really great cartoonist. Yeah, he too. did a bunch of stuff. The Summer Breeze. Let me tell you about my operation. That's right. With the yeah, with the old music jail buggy and the the ambulance and the cutting off the yeah. I never go to work. Yeah, that would be yeah. He's great. You check out his uh, caricatures that he does. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking. He does at really there his caricatures of the Johns right now. David Kells. Yeah, I have to look him up. It, it's it's hard to know with some of these guys like what the best way is to get at him. And he he's coming up. He's coming up on my Facebook because I have three mutual friends, being John Ulis and then Danny Weinkoff and uh, Shen Smedley, who also runs the wiki let's go oh. ahead and send a friend request his way it, it, the uh <laughs> obviously the artwork for his profile picture is like a picasso-ish version of the beatles yes i've and got then, that in my i've got that hanging in my room right here oh you <laughs> do beatles, yeah the beatles one yeah and then the cover photo is uh saturday night live characters and actors yeah you got like uh you know gumby and coneheads and uh you know samurai belushi they look great right they look just like yeah them. very cool yeah i mean yeah we'll see we'll see yeah you never know it someone would, you, like you, like of his nature you need to go through an agent or if you can just hit him you up you should also like find out if Weinkoff, right. you, yeah. you should also find out if he actually likes they might be giants or if he just works for them <laughs> i think at this point it's probably pretty safe to say you, you wouldn't want to animate videos for songs that you hated i mean <laughs> right. you have to listen to them so many times god i hate this song right but i need money <laughs> uh, oh god this band again oh, the jo- oh, it's 
keep telling them I like them, but I don't at all. Wow. The uh, so so bones. Do you think this song then was like like you said? Do you think it is inspired by just eating barbecue? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Because you got to yeah. you need two plates to eat a plate of ribs. One for the ribs and then one for the bones. I actually had ribs tonight, which was quite a coincidence. Oh really? Actually. Um, cause I didn't even line it up because we got this new place in town, but with all the stuff, you know, going on the, they almost insist that you order ahead of time, oh, like yeah. a day, a day ahead of time. Cause these barbecue places, like right. The way they cook things and the amount of meat that they need to buy. Right. Lots of times barbecue places, like small places to be like, well, if we're sold out of this, we just, you know. That's it. Or if we sell out of ribs, we're closed for the night. That kind of were thing. Were they good? So, oh, they were fucking great. And so, since we got takeout, you got the styrofoam thing, right? You open it up, and then the bones go, <laughs> go in, in the, the top lid, half. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I really need to go to Stubbs and eat some of the meat and stop just drinking. Yeah, I can't believe drinking the have. sauce plain by itself. <laughs> Take, yeah it's a shot of whiskey shot of sauce right and that's your uh they might be giant show regimen yes at stubs <laughs> cover my body with sauce i'm just assuming that whiskey is the hard liquor of choice in austin i could be i wrong. like whiskey it's really the only drink that i like yeah you'd be you'd be right i guess <laughs> seems like the, you know the texas cowboy drink you know, I mean, Austin really isn't a cowboy town, but what do you what do you like to drink in uh, Indiana? Um, I don't drink anything, no. but we um, we do have some pretty decent. I mean, not a lot of uh, small breweries, but we have some ones that are pretty good, according to my wife, and most of them do have music and stuff like oh, that too. That's neat. But I think being so close to Kentucky, you got the the, the bourbon variety. Bourbon. <laughs> yes, Bour- Bourbon. I was, it's French. <laughs> I was watching a uh, uh, TCM, the Turner Classic Movies, is on at my house pretty much 24 hours a day just because I, oh, I yeah. love old movies and Ben Mankiewicz is hilarious. And uh, there's this there's this movie. It might have been Casablanca. I don't know. But it was Bogart. It was Humphrey Bogart. It was like, uh-huh. it pronounced bourbon, Bourbon. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All <Bravo>. right. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, you know the bur- yeah, like the bourbon trail and stuff. Like I've gone on for being a non-drinker, I've I've gone and been roped into a surprisingly l- large number of uh, you know, brewery tours and such. Mm-hmm. My favorite would be the Sprecher's Brewery cuz they specialize in sodas as well. Oh wow. In the tasting room. Yeah. You ever had Sprecher's? No, root beer? I sure haven't. They're more known for their root beer than their beer, but they're they're in Milwaukee. Um Truckers. But yeah, like Right, it's a trucker's beer. What did, no, what'd you <laughs> say, Shruckers? No, Sprecher's. Sh- it's, oh. it's German. Oh, Sprecher's. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. It's yeah, it's German. Uh, it's fantastic group here. It's, tr- it's trucker's beer. It's made for <laughs> drinking and driving. They encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they they brew more root beer at this point than they they obviously started with beer, but then they I like they root beer. More known it's, for their root it, beer. It has now. a unique yeah. taste. You'll find Sprecher's root beer at any good bowling alley. Um, oh yeah, and mm-hmm, and that's what us Midwesterners like to do. Is we have bowl. enchiladas at our bowling alley, Dart Bowl. They have the. It's like it's a bowl of grease with some cheese and uh, you know tortilla pieces nice. in it. Of course, I mean I'd imagine you have any sort of Tex-Mex, uh, Mexican, Tex-Mexican, yes. pretty much any place you go. Yeah, right. Seven Eleven serves enchiladas. 
Doctor's <laughs> office. <laughs> they inject the salsa verde directly into your veins. <laughs> it's good for you. Welcome to, to Walmart. Here's your enchiladas. To, yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like some rice and beans on the side with that? Uh, Why, well, yes, I would. Uh, we're in Texas. We like things big, like our food. Uh, so there's, so I mean. There's n- no covers of this song. I know, and I so I would have made what one. What do we do? <laughs> I was, I honestly thought we were <laughs> going to be talking about my man, but I would have made one if I'd remembered we were going to be talking about Austin too. But because there's there's not any. Yeah, we so yes, we will do an uh, my man episode. But just the fact that I haven't aired a single venue songs song. It just seemed like it needed to oh, be yeah, done. Oh yeah, definitely. I've, I've done tons of Mink Car as a as a Mink Car fan. Yeah, I love Mink uh, Car through and through. I've made sure to push Mink Car into the, mm-hmm. you know, make sure every fan is reminded that it is in fact a fantastic. Remind album. the people that think that it sucks because it doesn't. It's great. Yeah, tell them they're just dumb. They're stupid. They're, inf- know, they're inferior people. Greg, they're peasants. They're, they are. They are. <laughs> they're not my man. Uh, they're <laughs> so the, yeah, I mean, is there anything else we need to discuss about the actual song? We've had plenty of good tangents, which I'm all about talking about. Ribs. I think we. Uh, I th- well, we've covered the Au controversy in detail in, in great depth. <laughs> Wait, where, so when you saw them four years later, had they gotten it straight if it was ooh or ah? Did they get it right? Oh, God, together? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I know. I was searching for, I was hoping for a live version of maybe that yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll start seeing concert footage more in 2008 because YouTube was established. Cell phone cameras were getting a little better. But, like, I mean, back in the day, making a bootleg video, you had to bring a goddamn big ass camera oh, yeah, in there. Yeah, pull on your shoulder like a, a full thing. But finding like a live clip of a song that's only been played twice and hasn't been played in twelve years, no dice, right. no dice. You got the one live recording on Vinny songs. That is it. And that's and it. now you know about the barbecue sauce on my digits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <you> can, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's inside information. You can you can, uh, you can sing that in your head if the next time you hear it. You know, you should. Uh, Go on the wiki. I'm not sure how you would add that onto there, but it seems like in the lyrical tab that you could be giving that information to that people might like to know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, now they know it if they listen to the podcast, but to make it like an alternate lyric, or I guess you could add it below the original lyrics, huh. um, alternate 2008 lyrics. That seems like something that people, people might want to know. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should get on that because that is pretty hilarious. So what you, what, was that the only change? That was the only change. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a tiny yeah. song. The, the only other word, it the is. only other words were stubs and ooh and ah. Well, there would be. Isn't there another couplet? I mean, or or is, is he sing the same thing both times? The bones and the wedge in my mind. He and said, the cut off my skull. He might have. He might have done the wedge in my mind the first time, but I I know for a fact he did the other thing uh, towards the the second time he did. Sure. It. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was the one thing that I remembered from the show. I don't remember anything else about that show, the set list. <laughs> but I do remember that. Well, I mean, we could we could look. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Why not? We got a minute. And then we'll score this song. So we got two known performances here. Let's click over Stubbs in 20, 2008. Okay. So they started it with 
that song, Austin, with yeah. the opener, right? right? And then, of course, yes, yeah, since the the Els had come out the year prior, you got the Captain, Shadow Government. <coughs> Later, they play um, oh, Withered Hope. I would kill to see that live with Kurt Ram. That would be the best thing ever. Uh, Mesopotamians, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Take Out the Trash. I, I mean, you got some one. spine stuff as well, of course, like Damn Good Times. Um, oh, I skipped Shadow Government. There's a lot of the else on here, of course. And then some classics, Dr. Worm, mm-hmm. Cyclops Rock. Oh, they played Apartment 4. Wow, they did a kid song. That is a good song. Um, not a whole lot of really old stuff. Looking at this set list, I mean, there's it's mostly stuff from the aughts. I mean, you got yeah. Puppet Head, of course. Oh, they did Alphabet of Nations too. They were pushing the kid songs on the adults. I like that. I remember that. I remember. I remember Alphabet of Nations now. Yes. Yeah. And then Istanbul near the end. But as far as stuff that goes past like the late nineties, they didn't do anything. Wow. From, uh, from Apollo eighteen, I don't think. They didn't do anything other than Istanbul. They didn't and Birdhouse. They didn't do anything from Flood. They only only two. Wow, Flood songs. Huh. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. But I guess they were really really sick of them or wanted to plug the new album. Like oh, we gotta wait. You know, let's wait twelve more years and then do it on the thirtieth. No, but then they did in twenty fifteen too. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's cool. They did a couple of kids songs. This is a good set list. Yeah. You know, I. It's a very you know, specific set list. It's very. Uh, it's a unique set list. I'm not going to complain about seeing Birdhouse. Okay, Anna Ng is on there. Um, as far as other old songs, I'm not going to complain about seeing Birdhouse or Anna Ng. But I would almost love to see a show where, I mean, who knows if they'd have to book smaller venues to play for just the super fans to do just like shit from the last five years. Oh, oh like, yeah, from the that would be awesome. From the Dialus song Renaissance. Right, right. Twenty fifteen. It really has been amazing for me. It really has been a renaissance because honestly, the the aughts were not my favorite. Uh, I kind of got away from them uh, in 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 the aughts, but uh, when how dare you? But you like Minkart? Well, that was in two thousand one. So I'm just talking about the the spine and the else and uh, everything through. Join us. I kind of maybe some stuff was going on personally in my life, and I. Just kind of okay. like I, I was tuned out a little bit. I mean, I was there, I was present, but I, not as much as I had been. And then, in, and mm-hmm. then in 2015, and I got Glean, and I said, "Oh my God, this is fantastic!" And everything since Glean has just been like a like a a, a new vision, uh, uh, like a combination of everything they've they've ever done in 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 a uh, in a new thing. It sounds great to me. Yeah, and the yeah the the dialogue thing like. Um, you're just like lighting a flame under your own ass. You're like, we're going to do this insane thing. And they're not the ones to back down from it. Get like halfway through the year and be like, okay, guys, this is too tough. We're going to, no, they're going to, they're going to go all the way through there. And, you know, I mean, you could say like foam power has some, some songs that are a little weaker, but it's still a very listenable album, but like glean. Yeah. yeah front to back. Amazing. I like f- I like fun oh, yeah. front to back, amazing. I mean, you got my murdered remains. That kind of I, th- I like fun is phenomenal. And then so like the my murdered remains is like the phone power of that cycle. Um, right, so you're right, going right. to have some that are a little weaker, but like really even the weakest they might be giant song is still a great song. Um, right, it's like bad pizza. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, 
and a lot of the younger fans I've been meeting, like they got into them. I think you know through the dial a song thing, um, getting press, um, and then they brought it upon themselves that again every interviewer was going to ask them. Oh, so dial a song? What's the deal with that? Right. What's the history there? Let's talk about that again. That's all they. But it did. Oh it's yeah. it. You know. But but it did get them more. You know, musical <laughs> press than I think they were getting in the aughts kind of helped them push them back into you know at least the um the indie music press you know i think you know they'll still get like write-ups about flood's anniversary and rolling stone you know they get stuff in spin which is not even print anymore it's just online but you know they'll occasionally get talked about there but like at least the you know the the more hip kind of indie Uh, sites and stuff we'll talk about them especially when they do some huge thing like that where it's like they might be giants are at it again you know and then younger fans hear about it so you know they 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 put in the work and got a lot of you know the the young fan base into them in the past five years that's good because it seems like every uh every piece of press that i read about they might be giants and they uh, whoever's writing it always has to uh preface it by explaining the entire history of the band and who they are as if nobody reading you know nobody who's reading the article knows who they are <laughs> uh yeah i know it's it makes and every and very and every every review of a they might be giants album if it gets reviewed uh and and, and i see it it's it's always like you said it's oh quirky sons of bitches from brooklyn they might be giants Pull down their pants and spank their butt cheeks at a funeral right. once again. <laughs> it, they're they're a hard band to understand. I think that's why those of us that do understand, uh, you know, appreciate them so much. And and it's it's funny. I'm actually looking up this uh, the review. So so they might be giants have reviewed uh, a pitchfork has reviewed very few they might be giants albums uh, of recent memory. Well, they actually haven't reviewed anything since here come the one two threes. Um, but they reviewed when they first started, they reviewed long tall weekend, which they gave a pretty decent score, but in like, let's see if we cut forward to the review for the else, they gave it a 5.3 mm-hmm. and they gave it a the, 5.3, huh? Yes. And the review is just like hysterically off base, like just like totally wrong you know, it's just it's, wrong it's it's funny to be that guy that's be like you just don't get it man but like he really doesn't fucking get it because right. they might be giants have created their own little world and they kind of don't need good reviews to survive mm-hmm. because they've got this built-in fan base that passes them on to other people they're still a word of mouth band. i know it's it's amazing they're not gonna like ride some big wave of uh you know they're not going to be an internet like a blog band or you know internet hype band, but they're so well established. And when they do something big, then we'll tell our friends about it. It seems like everybody knows about them, but nobody knows about them. I it, it's weird because yeah. uh, the right there's a level you get. You, you, it's just different people. It's just different people. Don't you know some some. Like them as something. They sound like all sorts of people. They sound like all sorts of people. <laughs> Have you gotten to that episode yet where me and Leslie Gower <laughs> no, reenact the entire. <laughs> on a, yeah. We do the entire thing, and then her husband is the guy shouting from the other room. Oh, man. That's funny. What are you talking about? Yeah, we did the whole thing. It was great. What do you make of um, this? <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're going to do a cover of 
this song. <laughs> That's great. So it was us acting it what out. What am I supposed to buy? <laughs> <laughs> How do they make any money? Well, they don't make any money. Yeah. So what are you going to score? This song. Okay, well now, how do, how then, do we even do how this? Do you, first of all, because this is not canon. This is not like this is just. Well, this is a, that's you know, it's an it's a. It's we a, can debate that. Yeah, I I think of it as like a kind of a cool side project that they did as as a bonus. Okay, like state songs, but venue songs, and both of them did it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny if they pretended to be a different band, right? Like right, all the the same five dudes, but just like. We're called. Hey, everybody! We're a venue band, right. and then played that, and then <laughs> and then and we're fun. Then, then they go off stage and be like, "Hey, we're right. they might be and giants." Take off they their mustaches and, and right become they might be right, giants. Right, right. So, are, are you saying that? The, so you're prefacing you're prefacing your score uh, by saying that you don't find it to be a real they might be giants. I think song. it's a, Is that what I you're think, well, it's it's a real song. It's it's got music and lyrics. It's just I'm weighing it against all the other everything, right? So that yep. I just yep. you know it's not going to be very high if I know how does it hold up to Birdhouse and My Man exactly? Which you said are your favorite two That's songs, right? Those are my favorites. Well, those uh, are tens. I would say, and now this is this song is a lot of fun. It's got a cool groove. It's funny. It's uh it's very short. Um, Weight against all other They Might Be Giants songs in the world. I would say this is now. All right. So it's below average. It's below average. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. You can go low. It's fine. It was an interesting song to pick since you saw one of two two times. Right. You're allowed to give it a low It's score. not a seven. Let's say seven is average. I sure. would say uh, it's not. But it's not bad. It's certainly a very entertaining song. I would say uh, 6.7. Okay. So I'm looking currently on my spreadsheet. I keep track of all my scores and seeing what my current lowest score is. Let's see. Duncan, of course, of course, got a 5.5. Black Ops got 5.9. Oh, you don't like Black Ops. Where are you, which version are you talking about? Well, we talked about both, but, you know, the original version being probably the uh -huh. one that more got the score. Um Though I think the rock version, while fun, is kind of fun. I have some, in. I have some hangups about Black Ops. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like a nice genre experiment that didn't quite pan out. Um, let's see, was that the lowest? Oh wait, five point two to Owe, which is another one that I almost don't consider. Like it was, it's kind of a throwaway, right? Do you what, even know which, that song? Which was it? Owe. Owe. Oh, oh, the right. first song off of album Raises Noon. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is around the same. Same kind of lines. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna dip into the fours for the first time ever. I'm gonna go four point nine. How dare you pick this song and bring it to my doorstep? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This song, the <laughs> the lyrics that are there are great. I love the the fact that the oohs and the ah got mixed up, and and that's like a fun thing about it is that it's only recorded version is a live right. version, it's special, and they kind of mess it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's special, and they kind of goof it up, and I like that. It, it you know. It it shows that they are willing to put themselves out there and do this this crazy project, even if uh, they might goof it a little bit. You know, just it's for the fans, right? right. This song was for it the fans, and specifically the Austin uh, fans. Yeah, and we yeah. we sure loved it. I'll I'll never forget it. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Yeah, and the 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 delicious wait the digits and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> It's barbecue sauce on my digits. Barbecue sauce is delicious. 
Diligence. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Hey, why don't you plug your stuff again? Uh, oh, okay. Whatever you want to plug. Band, comic. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, uh, well, the band United Shapes. That's me and uh, that's me and Drew. Uh, we're we have a full studio out. It's our first studio. You know, and I, when I say that, I mean scrubbed and polished. We got it mastered. We got it mixed. Uh, it's coming out October the sixteenth. It's called Compound Shapes. It's a uh, uh, concept album all, all about compound words every word i mean every song title on the album is a compound word like peppermint buttercup uh somewhere clockwise you know these kinds of words two words put together uh, okay all we, right, we all say, right. it was sort of like state songs we said how let, let's write a let's write a song for each you know of the most interesting compound words we can think of and of course that was very difficult because how do you write a song about buttercup or clockwise how do you write a song called you know it, it was difficult <laughs> it was, okay. it, so it was fun and difficult to come up it was a challenge and we said we can do it and then we, we had a lot of fun yeah it's fun. and it's coming it's, it's coming out on uh, uh october the 16th and it's going to be you can check it out streaming it'll be all over streaming and uh it'll be at these united shapes uh dot com as well on the 16th of october and and how about well yeah, i got a a, a a brand new episode of whale behind the screams of laughter uh episode episode four and it's all about uh it's all about an abattoir uh slaughter it's all about meat and slaughterhouses and uh, mm. there's uh the format of this show is it shows me drawing and then and then in the middle there's a comedy showcase which is and this is like i said cut and paste animation sort of quick fast and loose stuff uh, nice. and then at the end it shows me finishing the cartoon and then you get to read the cartoon and that's coming out on my YouTube channel and on uh, my Whale Facebook uh, page and on whaleontheweb.com on Friday, tomorrow at noon. Nice. So it will have already been out by the time this episode comes out. Everyone go watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. There will maybe it'll have be, been more. It'll, be, uh, it'll still be on the internet. You can go and watch it. <laughs> You won't have scrubbed it like the old whale stuff might have been scrubbed by I now. Might, yeah, I might change my mind and, and decide that it sucks and take it down. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, so sorry that you wasted your time Googling that. Uh, yeah, Joseph, thank you so much for being on. It was very special to have someone uh, on to have that personal of a story to a song that was really, I mean, you were one of literally just hundreds of people that ever heard this song perform live. Which is pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, it's a good number. I like it. Yeah, very fun, very fun. And I, I don't think either of our low scores should be saying that, like, it's a shit song. I'm, I'm glad we talked no. about it. Uh, but just, like, you know, they would admit that it's a throwaway, you know. I thought I, thought I was being hard, you know, with my 6.3 or whatever I said. Well, and then you, if you go and, and look at said, my spreadsheet, you'll know. I don't, you know, like you said, 7 is average. I go into the sixes quite a bit just because I got you know the tens got to mean something, man. Right, right, right. So yeah. I mean, really, be- I'm only giving I'm only giving a five point one point separation between Austin and Birdhouse. So you know, <laughs> I'm still only working with basically five and up. Right. It's the first time I've dipped below five. I haven't given anything three, two, one, or zero points anything yet it's and a, i don't think special, i special it's a very special episode of on a very special episode <laughs> greg gives a low greg. score <laughs> greg gives kind of a low score in that uh <laughs> it's not an f but it's a well i guess it would be an f 
Sorry. Technically, <laughs> technically, it's a just failure. Just the D. Just yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Scoring things is is dumb, but also fun. Uh, like it's it. pointless, but but a fun, futile pursuit. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you back for for my man, my man. Excellent! I can't wait. It'll be so much fun. It'll be a spanking good time. It. Excellent. Will Thanks a, for having me on. It, it'll it will paralyze me with fun. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes, this might be a podcast.com. We got a band camp, Instagram, Facebook. At this might be a pod on Twitter. This might be a pod uh, is our Gmail and leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. And Joseph, I will see you later. Adios, pal. Thank you very much. Awesome. Stop.